Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome to Black Wall Street USA for Thursday, March 4th, 2010, with your host, Mr. Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. This is Sonia Perdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network.com, and I will be Mr. Carter's co-host for this segment. Our opening number was Common Ground, performed by Kosha. Black Wall Street USA is on the air every Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on CBBN on Blog Talk Radio. CBBN Talk, which is the show that I host on Tuesdays, is designed especially for the members of Chicago's BlackBusinessNetwork.com to present their products and services to you, the Blog Talk Radio audience worldwide. We're on the air every Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Join us and touch the world. I want to thank you for being here this evening and for sharing in this opportunity to serve African-American businesses across the nation by calling in and being part of the solution. We appreciate all of you who kick back later in the week and listen to our recorded shows. Our archives are getting some great hits, and we want to thank you for that. Don't forget to pass our show link on to your friends. That is how we grow. That is how you grow. And if you have an account on Blog Talk Radio, please take the time right now and make us one of your favorite shows. Our caller number is 347-326-9477. Our caller number is 347-326-9477. The chat room is open. If your company, company information and website links in the chat room, press the number one if you would like to speak to one of our guests or if you have a comment. We may see your number on the switchboard, but if you don't press the number one, we will not bring you on live. You may wish to listen to us live at www.blogtalkradio.com slash CBBN. This evening, Black Wall Street USA presents a discussion of Black Wall Street Summit 11 resolutions and solutions. This is a review of the events from February 27th, and we anticipate some of the board members of Black Wall Street joining us this evening. And we're looking forward to a report from Mr. Michael Carter, National President of Black Wall Street. You can, invi- you can visit and engage Ms. Carter in dialogue regarding Black Wall Street's national agenda at www.blackwallstreetdistrict.com. I was over there checking out the new web design, and it looks just great. That website is www.blackwallstreetdistrict.com. We will post that information in the chat room and on our Blog Talk Radio page. Let's welcome our host to the show. Good evening, Mr. Carter. Good evening, Sonia. How are you? I'm doing just phenomenal. What's going on with Black Wall Street Chicago? Well, we definitely haven't had time to get a breather from our summit this past uh, uh, Saturday, uh, and we're moving forward, implementing a lot of the resolutions that was brought upon us. And with that in mind, uh, the agendas that we have uh, initiated from uh, having Stony Island on in Chicago, um, Madison Street in Chicago, and 75th Street in Chicago. All three of those districts, including the potential district for Gary, Indiana, is forwarding uh, pretty fast. Uh, uh, even today, a lot of initiatives 
even came about. We even thought we had a little issue on 75th Street where one of the uh, black businesses, Brown Sugar, had a problem. And with that problem um, came a resolution based on their landlord was a Pakistanian, and he gave this black business five days to move out. She called Black Wall Street, and we had a very interesting dialogue on what this uh, Mideastern businessman was about based on the intense research that he had done on Black Wall Street. So it's a little eye-opening uh, every day with Black Wall Street and what we're doing here. So, But I'm definitely glad to be here, uh, spend another evening with you. And how are you? I'm doing just great, Ron. I'm uh, working on a lot of things with Chicago's Black Business Network. We're inviting new members in. We're offering a free Kings Battle game set for all new members who come in in March. We're also setting up a conference call for our members on the 15th. We have, uh, I could go on, Ron, you know me. Uh, we got Regal's Theater tickets to give away on Chicago's Black Business Network.com. We have restaurant certificates. Get certificates to give away. I'm working, Ron. I'm working. Did you get that spell uh, for the chest, for the battleship uh, chest from one of the persons that came by our office and seen the game, and they said, that's not a bad price. I hope I gave them the right price because when I told him the price for the the chess battleship, he said, that's all? Is that right? <laughs> I don't know if I gave him the right price or not. The way he jumped and said, is that all? Don't you worry about it. I'll straighten that out. <laughs> okay. I won't say it on air then, all right? I'll keep it to myself because he jumped on it right away. All right. Don't, this... don't worry about it. He, if, if he calls me, I'll, I'll straighten that out, but that's great. And for our listeners, uh, as we chat here, wait for our board members to come in. We're, wait, we're, we're expecting about four or five board members to come in this evening and go over some of the resolutions and their positions and some of the solutions that was presented on the uh, 27th. So as we wait for them to join us in the chat room um, and on our switchboard, we're going to tell you, uh, at South Street Journal at 449 East 35th Street, there is a display there for Kings Battlefield. If you want to go over there and take a look at it, there's a display set up there. We brought it over uh, during the reception that was in, in, Mar in January. Uh, Black Wall Street had a reception there. And we set one up over there, and it's out there for everybody to pass by. As Mr. Carter said, they can't touch it. But anyway, <laughs> they can right. look at they, it. They but, look but at no, it, they can. say, even the best chess players and say, is that hard to play? <laughs> but I enjoy myself no, you, playing on it. No, you can come over and engage Mr. Carter in that game. But, no, we have a uh, – there's just, there's just a lot of things going on. And – this is only the second summit that I attended. I attended in October, and this is just the second summit. And uh, this one, for our listeners, was at 3333 Arlington, and that's Home and Square. That's a nice building. I like that building. Oh, yeah. And uh, it is. That's, uh, Danny K. Davis's office is over there, isn't it? Or is it? Right, yeah. That's the old Sears building. Uh, when Sears left, uh, it's been a business incubator, uh, I can say almost more than a business incubator, more of a business center, where you have many businesses in this uh, 
four-story. It's a, the, the whole building takes over a block, a block and a half. So uh, there's a lot of relationships, uh, even just walking through the hallways, going to the floor, you're going to see somebody that you can network with. And it's part of that great west side of Chicago, and our purpose of having it there was to help initiate the concept for the Madison Street as a black Wall Street district. That's great. Uh, Since you mentioned brown sugar, I want to go back to that. Tell our listeners exactly what type of business brown sugar is. Well, it's a bakery. It's a bakery that has some um, naturally some delicious uh, uh, baked goods, and they've been on 75th Street for about uh, three or four years now. They were on 75th Street further east, but then they moved right on um, 75th and Prairie. And I guess the interesting thing, well, 75th and Calumet, pardon me. Uh, the interesting thing about it, um, 75th Street, as we have formed that to be a black Wall Street district, they definitely have some issues with uh, street resurfacing and waterworks that uh, almost closed some businesses down. But as that issue was put to pass and they start moving forward, Brown Sugar uh, ran into another problem with its, uh, its Mid-Eastern landlord uh, where they actually wanted to kind of build a relationship of a partnership, but uh, it turned out to they wanted to have a more than a partnership. They wanted to uh, have control of their tenants' building and, and addressing what uh, the tenants should do and should not do but the business relationship kind of turned sour. So the interesting thing about it that happened today was that um, Black Wall Street was asked to come in to do some mediating. And as we continue to meet, as we continue uh, to talk, uh, we came to a conclusion that our objective is to sustain and increase black businesses. And if you're giving this one particular business a five-day notice to move out and sicken your uh, lawyers on them and suing them, then we got a problem with that, is that we have to find some way that all parties can be satisfied, and naturally our satisfaction is no black businesses should be leaving 75th Street, uh, especially when this tenant has the means to pay the rent and to uh, make sure that you are satisfied as a, a landowner. landowner. Uh, so with the continuous dialogue, we came to the conclusion that not only will the landlord uh, make accommodations to keep brown sugar there, but also help him to invest more in Black Wall Street. Even though this particular street is uh, 119 businesses, where 111 of them are black businesses, this particular uh, Pakistani said that he wants to invest in the objectives of Black Wall Street. So we didn't know exactly where this dialogue was going to happen. This all happened today. But uh, it came to a happy medium 
that regardless of your uh, ethnic background and your business agenda, there's still room for you to be a part of Black Wall Street. So um, we do have that terminology of Black Wall Street, but we're definitely working with other people to help sustain and to increase black businesses. So um, Ms. Stephanie, that is the owner of Brown Sugar, feel very proud of the work of mediating that Black Wall Street have done and to move forward in uh, our objective of sustaining her particular business and at the same time saving her some few bucks at this, you know, as we move into that negotiations with it. So it's, it's a good restaurant, uh, not well, restaurant per se, but basically a bakery where you can come in there and have your coffee. They have some small sandwiches. Uh, they have their pastry and, and, and the baked goods. Uh, they also have hosted uh, one of Black Wall Street meetings on 75th Street as well. So it's a pretty good establishment that is part of the Black Wall Street movement. And so That's we feel great, good Ron. about it. That's great. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA with the host, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, Ron Carter, and I'm Sonia Perdue. And we're expecting some of the board members to join us. And as we do, we're, we're talking about some of the resolutions, some of the concerns about 75th Street. And uh, the example that you're using, I'm, I'm glad that it was able to come to a good, good, uh, good point for all parties involved. And it's probably still some more work that needed. But I'm also happy that Brown Sugar had a had an outlet, had a contact, had a tool, because in a, in a lot of these situations, and, and as you were saying this and going through this scenario, a lot of things take place, and because people don't know who to call or call the wrong person sometimes, they don't have anyone to, to mediate. And because they don't have money for an attorney, they don't have anyone to back them up. And a lot of things are because they're communicating with the wrong person, they get misinformation and believe that someone can actually put them out in five days, which they cannot. Mm -hmm. But um, a lot of times it's an information thing. Right. One thing I one thing I thought about commercial leases, and this happened to another. Um, we had an event at a, a restaurant on Ashland. Mm-hmm. And the next time that I saw the restaurant owner, she said she had to move because someone wanted to purchase the property, the commercial space, and she didn't have the type of lease that would carry over to the next owner. And mm-hmm. I find that time after time after time after time in communicating, because I have a little real estate background, a little background as a loan officer, that because of the enthusiasm to get a place, to sign a contract, to get a commercial space that they forget to have that clause in that contract to carry on over to a new landlord. And time after time after again, again, when that property is purchased, after they spent the time establishing their business, because it's going to take two, three, who knows, four years, that time will come, the new owner will come, and mm-hmm. then they're out. And I see that happening time and time again because they don't, sign the correct contracts and get the correct information because if they do, no matter who the next owner is, they cannot be moved. And I've seen that happen. This happened to my father. He did it. When new person came along, brought his building where he had his business, he had to leave. And he was just it, when he just 
gets good. So it's a it's a lot of work to be done out here, Ron. A lot of work to be done. Oh yeah. Oh, That's yeah. uh that, and uh they keep you busy all day, don't they, Ron? And all oh, night. Oh yeah, oh all yeah. Day. But it was pretty productive. We also had uh that was just one um uh project that we had today. Another one was we work with uh black contractors in the uh neighborhood and their focus was how can we move forward in getting the uh parity in the black community. Parity is where if there is a, a black community that has seventy percent population then we want to have seventy percent contracts. If there is a community that has fifty percent black uh representation of population, we want fifty percent of those contracts and we uh have put together a, a strategy that we want to move forward, mainly because we don't want to come around this uh this spring uh uh and this summer where when we go down the streets and we see other people doing all the construction work in the community. Uh, we have seen this uh, time after time after time of again, so this is the time that we want to put a halt to that. So we came up with a, a, a position that to be presented to the elected officials that we have a fair representation of of the community work that is sponsored by first the city of Chicago and then from the city of Chicago we're moving on to the state and the federal uh, because it's just um, to a great degree a little embarrassing that the work is not done by the community representatives and not just from the community representatives we are looking at parity as far as race is concerned. So that was another initiative that we're moving on. And uh, a follow-up from our previous uh, show last week, uh, was it last week we talked about investments? Or, yeah, well, last week we was talking about investments with Otis Monroe and Guy Williams and where we addressed the investment end of it. Uh, Mr. Guy made some real startling uh, projections that the black community access is about $6,000 to the uh, white community is about $80,000. And he projected that there's no way to close that gap. Well, we talked about that today, and we talked about how we need to uh, single in on securing uh, blacks to be more conscious in how they invest their dollars and how they look at investment opportunities. And we're not just talking about the investment opportunities that may be on Wall Street, but how we get uh, a lot of black businesses that are public so that we can have those investments in those businesses as well. So on and on today and this whole week, uh, as we head our summit Many objectives, many motions or resolutions keep us on our toes and accountability in our mission to sustain and increase black businesses. The agenda is so big, uh, Ron. It's hard to keep track is it not, of all the resolutions that are yeah. being brought forth. Now, this is this is the 11th 
the 11th summit, as Mark Allen said, we had hundreds of resolutions. It has to be difficult to keep track of which one is the priority. It's, it's so many, and it's, and it's so much to be done and keep on track. How are you going to move forth as these resolutions are placed on the table? Uh, give, you know, at, you can't, well, you can't make, ask different people or different organizations uh, who brought the resolution to the table in the first place to be responsible for monitoring and moving forward with that. How are you going to implement that program? Well, a lot of times resolutions are brought uh, to the table and not by people uh, that's going to implement it. You know, we have had one project where um, maybe about close to a year now, it was a motion that we should have a concept of a black better business bureau. The person that made that resolution is nowhere at the table, but that was such a important resolution that was made and that we still have to be able to uh, be on top of that. So overall, there is approximately about um, maybe about 40 resolutions that have been in place with Black Wall Street since we've been uh, in existence. And we monitor those where a lot of them are brought back to the table every three months until we get some type of resolution uh, of action. So the, the monitoring of them and keeping track of what we're doing and what we're not doing is the purpose of the summit, where we have it every three months. And we are monitoring it. Uh, those that cannot be followed up on, uh, a lot of them are brought into committee during the summits to evaluate them. Uh, but we have a structure and we have an accountability and pushing with a volunteer base. And that's the difference between having this volunteer base opposed to having the uh, paid staff. But with that, we still are pushing the initiatives as uh, they, are, they are developed. And even from the black contractors in the uh, neighborhood to the uh, black Wall Street districts, one initiative was the black uh, Wall Street district proposed to a street called Stony Island, in which we had to make sure when the person made the motion, are you sure that you know what you're doing making this type of uh, a motion and resolution to the body? And the person replied, I know very well what I'm doing. Uh, I wouldn't have done it if um, I didn't think it's uh, practical. And then do you we respond by, do you have to take this to the board for your board to approve it? And they responded by, if I didn't think my board was going to approve it, I wouldn't have done it. So sometimes there are people that make these resolutions that know very well what they are doing and why they're doing it. And then there are some people that make resolutions because this sound right or it's the right thing to do, but they have not uh, followed up on it. And even if they don't follow up on it, is if, if it's pertinent enough, then 
the body of Black Wall Street have to do it as well. I so, guess. yeah, there is a lot of focus in what we should be doing and what we want to do and being in reality of some things that we just can't do. Uh, and those things that we cannot do, we just have to put it on the um, uh, put it off the table for a while until we can have somebody to implement it. Because a lot of people look at Black Wall Street in many different ways of what we should be, and because of the absence of what has not been going on. So, yeah, it's an ongoing process, but at the same time, we have developed a, a a base of relationships where it turns into fun too. You know, we we got some people that uh, um, uh, have engaged into the humorous side of Black Wall Street, the fun side, and you know, as we have our um, uh, summits every three months prior to the summit. We have our membership reception uh, prior to that summit where we have uh, some fun at the same time. And so we do relax, but we do know that we got a very serious agenda uh, to push along with a little relaxation at the same time. So we have become to be somewhat of a family as we move forward with uh, Black Wall Street Chicago. Right, well, it so. sounds like, Ryan, that you just keep, you keep bringing them to the table and keep bringing them to the table and keep repeating it, and eventually something will be done. Someone will pick it up uh, eventually. Someone, it will take the interest, uh, someone will take that interest to heart and bring it forth, and you have to find the right people, and that's almost with anything. Now, at the summit, uh, when you was talking about a little fun there, it got a little fun and a little hot there for a little while, didn't it, Ron? <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Matter of fact, that is what I kind of <laughs> let people know, that uh, uh, the summits is about debates. You know, it, it is about people debating, but we do have the principle that the the debates have to be with uh, some resolutions. But, yeah, it be, I think somebody told me to shut up. But then nobody vouches <laughs> that the person said that. Now here I am with as a chair, and uh, they wanted to talk. They wanted to talk. They wanted to talk, and I wouldn't let them talk. Being the chair, <laughs> and they, I, I, I'm pretty sure this person told me to shut up, and uh, I sure heard it. But too. huh? Did they you hear did. that? <laughs> you heard that? But would yeah, nobody voucher? Yeah, but nobody vouched that he said that. I had to ask you, did he tell me to shut up? And, uh, you know, did nobody say a word? Then I asked him, I said, did you tell me to shut up? And, you know, he played it off. But at the same time, he called me back later that time. He said, man, that was one of the best summits I've been at, and I really enjoyed it. He came by the office twice this week just to reiterate Oh yeah, that he he's, he's enthused about what happened, you know. So even we get a little debatable and we get a little heated, we have came to a point of these summits where people know where we are at, and we expect those debates, and we expect those smart mouths and those uh, sly tones of uh, trying to put people in our place. <laughs> But we still come back to the agenda 
of uh, what we're there for to take care of business in the name of sustaining and increasing black businesses. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, tell, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to tell the audience, I think Mama T was going to whoop her. But that wasn't Mama T he was talking about. <laughs> oh, T. yeah, 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 right, right. Now, <laughs> sometimes, you know, there are some people that have been to the summits before and you know how they're going to act. So Already, you just, huh? you know how they're going to be. So you, you just still let those people be who they are. You know, but even yeah, she absolutely. was pretty vulgar in how she expressed, but she still knew the agenda. She still knew that she was going to be uh, a question in her mannerism of addressing the body. And so she wasn't offended. Nobody wasn't offended. You know, naturally people get heated. I want to speak. I want to speak. But uh, they still all come to the conclusion that we are about business, and this here is a summit and not a playground. So it, oh, it, is, it continues to be great. Mm-hmm. It, it, I, Mama T was comfortable. Mama T was sitting over there with her shoes off and raising a whole bunch of hell people. But that mm-hmm. that was just funny to me. I had, I don't I don't, I, don't, I have I have never met her before, but she she was very serious and she's a very concerned person in the community you can tell that and oh, she's yeah. just not gonna be played with <laughs> you know she was just mm-hmm. gonna whoop around that that was so cute that was so funny but uh you listen to black wall street usa with our host chairman of black wall street chicago ron carter i want to take a few minutes and i want to thank uh last week's guest who was mr otis c monroe the third who is founder and CEO of the Moreau Foundation. The Moreau Foundation has assisted over 100 African-American enterprises in obtaining funding. And it was a pleasure to meet Mr. Moreau out at the Summit 11 last Saturday. He was pretty serious, too, out there. And we want to thank Mr. Guy Williams, known as the Wealth Teacher, who was also our guest last week. And we, you can visit his website for more information. You will find him at www wealthteacher.com, and we've we've posted his link on our blog talk page, as well as Mr. Monroe's link, which is the the MonroeFoundation.org. We look forward to having both of them back for future shows. Our call-in number is 347-326-9477. Our call-in number is 347-326-9477. The chat room is open. Leave your company information and website links in the chat room. Press the number one if you would like to speak to one of our guests or if you have a comment. You may also listen to us at www.blogtalkradio.com slash CBBN. Listen to Black Wall Street Chicago. I'm Sonia Perdue. Our host is Ron Carter, chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. This evening, Black Wall Street USA presents a discussion of Black Wall Street Summit 11 resolutions and solutions. We're going to go to a brief break and hopefully we'll be back with some of the board members of black wall street chicago we'll be right back with you stay tuned please we support organizations like partners in community building inc as they contribute to building up our communities by enriching the lives of others partners in community building is a nonprofit organization and there is no charge for their services picb is a HUD certified counseling agency and here are just a few of the services available to you in the Chicagoland area. Foreclosure prevention, there's no charge for this service. 
winterization who doesn't need their home winterized. Cedar Energy Assistance and Furnace Programs. Even if you are paying your electric and gas bill on time, you may still qualify for assistance from CETA. Home Ownership Counseling is available as well as rental assistance referrals. Partners in Community Building is located at 3424 South State Street in Chicago. For additional information and to schedule an appointment, contact PICB at 312-328-0873. Call 312-328-0873 for all of your housing needs. Ms. Bobby Ball is the Executive Director of Partners in Community Building, Inc. Tell her you heard about it on CBBN on Blog Talk Radio.
Thank you. We're back with Black Wall Street USA. Sorry for the technical difficulties, but we are back with Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, and Jan Lindsay, Membership Chair for Black Wall Street Chicago. Welcome to the show, Jan. Can you hear me? Oh, Jan is not here with us. She's there in spirit. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. I, I see. I see her on the line. But she she's there in spirit. Okay. If she can dial back it, that that would be great. I see her on the line, and that'll be great, Rob. But uh, let's go back, and uh, she'll she'll eventually catch up with us. Let's go back and uh, see if we can view, review a few more things about the summit. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, these summits they are long, people. They are long, Rob. Eight thirty to five thirty, but oh, yeah. it went it did go fast. It went fast. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, the, the the summits, we normally, they are all uh, day long, uh, you know, starting from 8 o'clock in the morning till uh, uh, normally 5, 4.30 that afternoon. And in that, we still have our hard time crunching that agenda. And uh, as we crunch that agenda, um, we still try to be open to things that we don't have on it. Um, one initiative that we did talk about was the was a legislative agenda in which we had the um, uh, Robin Kelly, who just won the Dom- the Democratic nominee as uh, treasurer for the state of Illinois, in which uh, there was some dialogue with her and what she's going to do as the. Uh, nominee as treasurer, and most likely she will win it based on being the uh, the qualifications that she have, being the chief of staff or the current uh, uh, treasurer, and also she was a state legislator at the same time. Um, then there was a Representative uh, Ford. He was president as well in which he indicated that he's going to push legislation to have Madison Street on the west side as a black Wall Street district as well, and which uh, he's also indicated that he's going to be more of an active uh, participant with the black Wall Street. Uh, And, again, he invited us on his program before. As a matter of fact, he was on... Uh, the Chicago Black Business Network uh, program about, about three weeks ago or so that he was on on, on our program. He, he was on about uh, three weeks ago, uh, mm-hmm. and then in turn he invited you to be a guest on his uh, show on WVON, which is on Sunday nights. Jan Lindsay is back on the air, and uh, I missed that show. How did I do that? It was 10 o'clock Sunday night. But I'm going to listen to that young man. I'm going to make a note on my calendar. I have not heard uh, LaShawn K. Ford's show, and I'm going to make it a point to listen to his show on Sunday nights. I'm going to make it a note to do that. Let's Let's welcome Jan Lindsay, membership chair for Black Wall Street Chicago. Let's see if we can get past our technical difficulties and bring Ms. Lindsay on the air. Are you there, Jan? Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Welcome to the show. Oh, well, thank you, Miss Sonia. I am uh, here now. I've got a little mixed up there, but I'm here. How you doing, Jan? 
I'm super. How are you, Mr. Carter? I'm doing just great. Yeah. How do you? Uh, what's your assessment of the summit that we just recently had? I thought it was great. I mean, fantastic. Uh, the turnout, the the information that was received, the dialogue, the uh, panel discussion, and the uh, businesses having an opportunity to uh, be vendors there and, and sell product, as well as even feature in a new organization that we've been exposed to. Uh, it was just really good. I felt very, very pleased and honored. Uh, so I hope I did a good job. I think oh, Sonia yeah. done an Sonia did an excellent job. Oh, yes. Both of you was there, and both of you gave you all presentations on what the uh, uh, the Black Shopping Channel was about and what they did, and also the uh, Chicago Black Business Network, which um, we had a host of or, uh, organizations that took part, and which they normally do take part in the summits. Um, as you, is that being your first summit, and you're taking on the role as the membership chair of uh, Black Wall Street? Uh, how do you assess that the 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 participants there? How do you assess their their movement, or what do you think that we needed to do to engage them more? Hello, Jan. I'm sorry, I got disconnected for a moment there, but oh, I okay. can. Can you hear me? I apologize. Uh, no problem. I feel. <laughs> I I I feel that um, the engaging them more, um, and I guess basically I need to uh, see if this is a twofold question that you're asking me. Are you? Well, yeah, it is twofold. Um, how do you uh, assess? the uh, people that was there, and what do you think that we need to do to engage them more in what we're doing? What I found out is that we have a very, very unique base of individuals that attended that had some very, very uh, enlightening questions and, 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 and wanted to get some answers. And mm -hmm. I, they're very intelligent, mm -hmm. uh, have a great political uh, uh, well-versed in the political arena. Uh, as a matter of fact, I took notes. I learned things um, from those individuals. And okay. how to, uh, the assessment to, to engage them more, I felt that, I, I felt that the, the summit itself, I, I think we did, a, uh, we did a fine job. We allowed open dialogue. Uh, there was a panel discussion. Um, there was question and answers, as well as there was op there was always room. You know, there was the amendment phase of uh, of uh, developing strategies, as well as going back and revisiting the old uh, amendments and and trying to get those uh, to come to fruition. So I I, I feel that uh, Black Wall Street is on the ball. I, I think. We're well, let me ask you this here, Jan. Regarding we had the presentation regarding the. Uh, the Gary, Indiana initiative, where the uh, representative had some heated discussion on the uh, bringing manufacturing 
or assembling to Gary, where there were some people that was concerned, even though Gary, Indiana, is, for lack of words, almost a ghost town as far as businesses are concerned, but they, the city of Gary, want to engage into assembling uh, uh, with manufacturing with China. And a lot of the participants was concerned about the idea of, uh, of the manufacturing, and also they was concerned about the possibility as Gary, Indiana, uh, come back to uh, its uh, full development, that it may regenerification of the population of Gary, where it will push the existing uh, residents out as we engage in bringing in more businesses, and especially if those businesses are not necessarily black. So there was some concern about uh, what type of growth the Gary will have where it may uh, have the potential of pushing blacks out of Gary with uh, inviting manufacturing from China uh, to happen, well, not the, the uh, manufacturing, but the assembly of uh, products uh, in Gary manufactured from China. Uh, how do you assess that? Uh, was you there when we that discussion was going on? I I had uh, uh, an opportunity to to listen. Uh, I got pulled away on a few occasions. However, from from what I was able to evaluate in his conversation, um, that yes, it, it sounds like a, a beneficial to bring uh, employment to the area, but is it going to really be the type of employment that's going to uh, empower uh, African Americans as well as African American businesses? Uh, that is our focus. We're looking at uh, networking African American. We're not racist by no means, but it's, mm -hmm. the, it's the principle of the thing, and the principle of the thing is that we have uh, we are about establishing relationships between African-American businesses. We're not trying to uh, tear down uh, or hinder our people, uh, but when it comes to looking at one of our biggest competitors, because they are already in our community uh, taking dollars out of our community, going back to their well-established home and community and not spending with us. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, I would say that that is a uh, an issue and mm -hmm. needs to be addressed. And while being before we address it, we really need to investigate it uh, and 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 find out how is that really going to benefit the African American community and the African American family. Mm -hmm. So, uh, well, your assessment of Gary itself. Uh, being a black Wall Street district, uh, do you think that's a practical uh, uh, move from black Wall Street to uh, to engage Gary as a black Wall Street district? And do you think that that is far-fetched based on the state that Gary is in now? 
No, I think that we still should embrace our brothers. Mm-hmm. We should. That's that's still a community, and they uh, see division, but we have to teach them our way. Uh, mm-hmm. They need to understand that the, the the system or the economic uh, empowerment opportunity that will come along with being a part of the Black Wall Street. We are going to empower them into a position that they've never uh, never been before. And mm-hmm. that's with any other community across the United States. They just mm-hmm. have to get in and learn what it is that we do and do so well. Mm-hmm. Well, Ron and Jan, uh, the national president, Michael Carter, is on the line, and you may well want to ask them that question, Ron. I'm going to bring Michael Carter on. Is that okay? That's great. That's How absolutely great. Right. How you Mr. doing, Brother Carter? Michael? How you Hello, doing out Mike. there? Okay. Hello, uh, Hello, Reverend. How you doing? Yes, that's Hello, right. Man, I forget that part. I don't know why I forget that part. Oh, I am it, takes, it takes a Reverend to bring us to the light, don't it? Yes, Lord. Right. Yes. I, uh, and, and I well, would like I, to address him. I would like to address him as Bishop. Hello, Bishop Carter. Hi, Carter. Oh, don't, you, don't, don't, don't you go there. Don't you go there. I, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm forever humbled uh, by what's going on in this nation with regards to Black Wall Street. And for those listeners out there, you need to know that our ancestors are rejoicing because we, their children, have decided to take on the spirit of what they have already done and Really, this leads into an answer to the question with regards to the Chinese. I do know that uh, China as a whole uh, desperately desires to connect with African Americans in America. And there's one major reason, and that is that we're uh, more spiritually based and real. And what I mean by that is that if they can get to this nation uh, through our people, uh, they will, and they'll, they'll put forth investment. But, you know, we have to have our thing together. We, we are the only people in this nation where other races can come to our community, set up shop, and take the money out of the community and not be held accountable uh, for those dollars. But the reason that they do it is because we don't have our stuff together. And no other community will allow African Americans to set up shop in their community and then take the money out. You're going to see if we go to a white community and there's a black business, you rest assured that they're going to send their little white Girl Scouts, their little white Boy Scouts into our business. Just about every white organization in that white community will uh, don the threshold of that black business for money and support. But we need to turn that around. And and by doing, by the way you do that, is creating uh, a, a no-nonsense economic plan or strategy, which means we, we create these businesses, this money stays in our community for some time, and reinvest. So that, that's my answer. I, I, I don't see no other way that we can avoid uh, the Koreans and our Arab brothers, God bless them, our Hispanic brothers and sisters from coming into our community and taking that money out. We have to have a no-nonsense practical strategy Whereas when they set up businesses, we approach them the moment they set up. Now, listen here. You're in the black community. We expect something from you because the dollars that are going to send your children to school or replace your daddy's hip, that money mm-hmm. is coming from black folk. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we can no longer uh, 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 accept that. Mm-hmm. So um, 
I understand also, uh, Michael, as we move forward, looking at the National uh, Summit of Black Wall Street to be held in Chicago in August. By the way, here in the office, there's a committee that is meeting right now planning the logistics uh, and preparing for that national summit. You have been talking to other uh, cities, uh, new cities, other than the ones that's already on the board uh, with Black Wall Street uh, USA. Uh, what, what's the feel and, and what's the developing nationally from other parts of the city on this Black Wall Street movement? Well, uh, over the weekend, uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, fly down to San Diego, California, where uh, as a result of the the good news that has been coming out of Oakland and Chicago and many of the other districts, we have now, in addition to the, uh, I believe, eight cities, uh, we have now uh, Black Wall Street District San Diego. And um, it's it's, uh, on Imperial Avenue. Uh, beautiful area. They have a train that runs down the middle of it. Uh, there's much. There's a whole lot of land to be developed. I was uh, fortunate enough to meet with Bishop uh, George uh, McKinney, who is, uh, sits on the general board for a denomination that has 6.7 million uh, me- uh, members, which is the Church of God in Christ. He uh, welcomed me to his home. They treated me like I was the president. I didn't have to pay for anything. There's one finger. First, that's humbling. That, that is a humbling thing for a 77-year-old man who knows a whole lot more than I do to treat me like I'm some uh, world leader. But mm-hmm. um, he wants to uh, develop a four-acre slot on, uh, 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 plot on, uh, on Imperial. He needs $50,000, so I've been in discussions all day with the financial institutions in San Diego and telling them, not asking, because I, I serve a powerful God, and I, I, I was granted permission before I took my first breath. So I, I went to him and told him, you know, we need 50000 to attach to a proposal where he can place a convention center, a Walgreens, a grocery store, and six retail uh, uh, spots right across the street from an already developed $15 million senior retirement center that he okay. built uh, just a few years ago. That's San Diego. And well, then right. I got a call from, from Ron Carter, the chairman of Chicago, about a brother in Detroit. Mm-hmm. He stayed on the phone. I stayed on the phone with that brother in Detroit for an hour. Uh, he mm-hmm. is committed to develop, uh, not developing necessarily, but uh, claiming a 10-square-block area in Detroit as the Black Wall Street District there. Uh, it's similar to what's going on in San Diego in that the churches, the one church in particular, has already built 100 homes, and they're going to add another 85. Mm-hmm. Um, but across the country, Ron, okay. this, uh, Reverend Landry, the, the response has been overwhelming. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's like fire, okay. and uh, we, must, uh, we must harness that. Mm-hmm. So what do you think that we can achieve uh, at the uh, National Summit that will be happening in August here in Chicago? Well, the first thing I, I believe that we must uh, recognize what's happening here is the spirit. Uh, we, we, can't, we will not, we cannot 
it would be detrimental for us to go forward without being in the spirit, uh, first uh, the spirit of the Lord, and then the spirit of our ancestors. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the first thing on the agenda. Because if without that spirit, it's really we're just you know exercising futility, and there's, there's no room for that anymore. This is 2010. Black Wall Street, the spirit is 180 years old. And so that's the first thing. Second thing uh, would be to allow Oakland and, Oakland and Chicago, the established Black Wall Streets in, in Atlanta, to be an example, a template for other cities around the country that have been contacting the national office about having districts in their in their in their cities. So those two things: the spirit and us being a model, a template. Uh, as Chicago's used the Oakland template, it, it keeps growing that way. But remember now, we, we must look at the spirit of of of, of, of the, the the vineyard and the spirit of of the fig tree, the spirit of of the, the vine. You know, Jesus said, "I am the true vine," and and my Father is the husbandman. So you know, there's going to be some pruning. The pruning is good. The pruning causes the fruit to grow the next season even more luscious, more, more deep, more, more vitamins. And so we got to, as we grow, we prune. As we grow, we prune. As we go, we prune. And not forget that we're, we're unable to do any of this without be, being connected to the true life. Mm-hmm. Well, with all that in mind, let me ask uh, uh, Jan, uh, what's happened with Peoria, Illinois, um, with the uh, concept of the Black Wall Street? Well, uh, Peoria is most definitely um, receptive, and the more they hear and the more they go back and do the history on Black Wall Street, because that's what I tell them. I said, I said I'm not going to go into details with you. Read it, and once you've read it, uh, we're going to assemble ourselves together so we can have a, uh, a more formal discussion and devise a strategic plan to get on board mm-hmm. and structure. Because it's always been said, if it plays in Peoria, it'll play anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to play in Peoria, mm-hmm. so I am working the plan, and right. uh, prayerfully, you know, we'll be connected as well. I say probably by the national. Okay. Well, let's uh, take a few minutes for a break and some announcements, and then we're gonna come right back. I want you all to hold on and uh, don't go nowhere, and uh, we will be right back, uh, Sonia. Thank you so much. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA with our host, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, Ron Carter. I'm Sonia Perdue, co-host and founder of Chicago's Black Business Network.com. We're going to be right back after this break with uh, our board members, Jan Lindsay, who is the membership chairperson, and Ron Michael Carter, national president for Black Wall Street. Thank you so much for being with us this evening. A successful special event can be very challenging and stressful at times. Our staff of professionals organizes your event down to every last detail, no matter what size your special event may be. Our creativity and attention to detail turns your ordinary party into an extraordinary event. At Andy Clyde's, world-class service for our clients is standard. We can provide travel arrangements, accommodations, 
event sites, caterers, florists, photographers, transportation, hairstylists, and makeup artists, favors, daily plans for guests, and pre-event information such as detailed maps, save the date cards, and invitations. Being a custom event planner means that we cater to you. We are not locked in by guidelines passed down by corporate. It is our job to find the best possible way to present your event. We have been referred to as dream weavers because we listen to what you want and get it done. Our specialties are the vacation packages. Visit our website at www.ndclides.net to see examples of what sets our services above others. And remember, at Andy Clyde's, we are your so much you're listening to black wall street chicago and that was african performed by jaada and because jaada shared this wonderful music with us we want to share a little bit about him with you and plus i've become a fan the first song that you heard during the break uh right before the little technical difficulties was get up and that was by jaada also this is what jaada sent me he sent me three songs this week and he says a little bit about myself i was born and raised in chicago I went to Morgan Park High School, father and grandfather of five beautiful children and five beautiful grandchildren, started piano while living at that time in Cabrini Green in 1959, took one year of piano, self-taught the bass while falling in love with reggae, played on the streets of Wrigley Field and on Michigan Avenue in front of the Taste of Chicago, vowing that one day I would play inside of the Taste, and one night I did, eventually. I would play, I would play bass while Ozzy Gregory and the Enforcers, may he rest in peace, as such venues as House of Blues, The Cubby Bear, Wild Hair, and The Exodus. And my to-do list is writing the history of reggae in Chicago. Ozzy 
uh, was one of the pioneers to bring it to Chicago, reggae, I'm assuming he's saying. Currently, I'm performing my own music given to me by the most high at the Ethiopian restaurant called La La Bela, 5633 North Ashland. La La Bela. 5633 North Ashland, great food, and the music is sublime. Now, I am giving thanks. Please add, I play for nursing homes for our elderly. And I love that description because I am Chicago's Black Business Network.com, and that is a Chicago story from Morgan Park High School to Cabrini Green, from Wrigley Field, from the House of Blues, all over Chicago. That is a Chicago story. And I just want to share that with you because that is what we do for our members at Black Wall Street and Chicago's Black Business Network dot com. We let the world know the greatness in our people. That's why we're here. We hold our people up for the world to see. And we're gonna play another selection maybe later today from Jaada this evening. Our calling number is three four seven three two six nine four seven seven. The chat room is open. Leave your company information and website links in the chat room. We do have a caller from area code 619, and we're going to go to that caller right after these announcements. We wanted you to know that CBBN on Blog Talk Radio is on the air every Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. This is a tool for Chicago's Black Business Network members to present their products and services to a worldwide audience. Join CBBN and touch the world. And we want to get out there to uh, Michael Carter, who is national president of Black Wall Street, and touch bases with San Diego, San Francisco, Gary, Peoria, all of these entities, and bring them forth and utilize this tool to spread this word all over the United States and the world. If you join Chicago's Black Business Network by March 15th, and become a premium member, you will receive a King's Battlefield gang set, as our way of saying thanks for being a part of all that we do. You can call me at 312-239-8835. That's me, Sonia Perdue, 312-239-8835. And I believe on our blog talk page, if I don't, I will repost it. I have a slideshow of the King's Battlefield game. If you are in Chicago, though, as Ron and I were discussing earlier, you can go to the South Street Journal and engage Mr. Carter in a game. There is a setup over there at the offices at 449 East 35th Street in Chicago. Next, Black Wall Street Chicago is hosting a conference call for those who are unable to make it to Summit 11 over the past week on the west side. We understand that you may also have some concerns and resolutions and solutions that you may want to wish to present and discuss with Ron Carter. This conference call will be hosted uh, by Ron Carter on Wednesday, March to 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Yeah, I'm just keeping Mr. Carter working. He didn't anticipate this, but that's okay. The call-in number is posted in the chat room and on Chicago's Black Business Network.com. If not, if, the, uh, if you need some more information, call me. I'm Sonia Purdue, 312-239-8835. I'm not difficult to find. I'm at Chicago's Black Business Network.com. We want you to be there with us. You're tuned in to Black Wall Street Chicago USA with Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, Michael Carter, National President of Black Wall Street, and Jan Lindsay, Membership Chairperson for Black Wall Street Chicago. Uh, as a matter of fact, we have two callers on the line, uh, Mr. Ron Carter, from the area code 619. We're going to bring back our guest first, 
Welcome back to the show, Jan and Michael and Ron. And Mr. Carter, I'm going to turn the show over to you. Well, thank you. I guess if we can, real quickly, uh, if um, um, Mr. Carter and Jan, if you can answer this quick question, uh, and that is a previous uh, program on uh, Chicago Black Business Network Radio. We posed the question when we're talking about black uh, business and even the concept of black Wall Street, are we being racist? Well, Ms. Uh, Mr. Carter, or Bishop Carter, would you like for me to go first, or do you want me to follow your lead? No, no, you can go. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. Um, no, I I am not going to ever say that that's what that is in, in, in uh, referring to because we are not racist. Um, we are strategic. We're focused. We are uh, endeavoring to fulfill a mission and accomplish a dream. And if we are a little dogmatic about it, pardon us. Charge it to our head but not our heart because we mean no uh, malice towards any man of any color. Uh, but what we do want to accomplish is to uh, have an opportunity to be economically empowered here in the 21st century that we, we've always cared for every other nationality out there. We've taken care of them from whether it's finance or we took care of them as their house slaves, etc. And we can go on and on, and now we're still taking care of everybody else's community but our own. So this is what we're trying to establish is a relationship among our own people to understand that they no longer have to apologize for the fact that they're they're considered black, even if you look in the Webster's Dictionary, it will refer to us as black people. So I'm, I don't feel that we should have to apologize for what it is that we do, and we do so well. All right. Uh, uh, Mr. Michael Carter? Uh, in one word, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is uh, – I, I don't see any Chinese, any black businesses in Chinatown I don't think that's racist. I don't see any black businesses in Fruitvale here in Oakland, which is a predominantly Hispanic community. I don't see that as being racist. Um, and so you know, must understand the historical significance of this. If, that, if, in fact, those may feel black Wall Street in our effort is racist, then all that our fathers did to make this country better for all races was racist meaning that uh, the, the, the suffrage, or well, I'll just go on back to the, to the, the movement, uh, the abolitionist movement, uh, which was really a, the abolitionist, if you will, was really the white guilt to uh, stop slavery, but it had to come to an end in a spiritual movement. And that spiritual movement only could have ta- uh, been orchestrated by God and obeyed by our forefathers, our ancestors. So to say that because African Americans want $20 or $8 to recirculate in a 10, 20, 30, 40 square block area 20 times, 
it, it's better for the tax base. It's, it's better for even white folks who aren't even living in that area because that's less they have to pay for public works and so forth. So we can matrix this out until I'm 150, but the, the quick answer to that is no. Okay. Uh, so we have a, a caller on the line, uh, Sonia, who is uh, our first caller here. Okay, area code 619. Welcome to Black Wall Street, USA. You're on the air. Hello? Area code 619. Area code 619, you're on the air. Okay. Hello, this is... Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay, go ahead, sir. Uh, what's your name? Where are you calling this, from? This is John Parker calling from down in San Diego. Okay, how San Diego, you doing, Fantastic, fantastic. I just wanted to, just to let you know that uh, I'm going to be working with the San Diego chapter of the Black Business Wall Street, and uh, I'm going to say Dr. Carter uh, was, was down on this past Saturday, and he uh, spoke eloquently uh, about our efforts uh, that have already begun down here, and we're just going to add to that. I'm really excited about the fact that we're going to, going to get together, uh, as we have been for so long, and we're going to replicate exactly what, uh, transpired in the late 1800s, early 1900s in Tulsa. And, uh, I just wanted to, to personally, uh, while I'm on the line, just thank Dr. Carter for coming down to San Diego. So, uh, and we really appreciate it. I'm uh, working uh, with an organization by the name of uh, Sandy, I'm sorry, Short Sale Pros. And what we do is we, pre we present um, the short, short sale services for homeowners that are upside down on their mortgages. And we make that service available to agents, brokers, as well as homeowners at no cost. We do all the work and and the agents and brokers as well keep the commission. So I just wanted to share that bit of information with you and let you know that I'm with you, and I'm looking forward to uh, uh, connecting uh, mm -hmm. on, a, on a regular basis here with your call, uh, your right. program. Well, right. Let me ask you, what's the, uh, the uh, focus for San Diego and becoming a black Wall Street district, and what type of uh, time frame do you foresee that that will that would need to take place to make that happen in San Diego. Well, um, there are a lot of people that are a lot more adept to uh, to the time frame and the history of San Diego, and I'm not that uh, that person, but I can see us actually if I can prognosticate uh, for just a moment. Uh, this really kicking off in six six to twelve months, uh, but we've already got a good foothold. So uh, that's uh, the start. Okay. So with, do you uh, do you perceive you all being at the national convention in um, in August or have representation? Well, with faith and a lot of effort, uh, I can't uh, see that not happening. So okay. absolutely, I, I feel that. Uh, in fact, that's the first that I heard about that, but I'm going to find out more details about it and make mm -hmm. uh, make preparations to uh, to possibly attend. Right. Okay. Now, let me let me let me interject this real quick. Uh, uh, for those anyone listening, whether you uh, you know desire to have a black wall district in your your community or not, 
I encourage you to to sacrifice a few dollars it would take to fly to Chicago in August. Uh, you can go to the national website, which is blackwallstreetdistrict.com. That's blackwallstreetdistrict, everything spelled out, .com, and register and get more information on the existing districts. Uh, and, and shortly we should have an agenda uh, laid out for the national uh, uh, summit. And, Brother uh, John, this is uh, the uh, chairman for Chicago, Ron Carter, that's asking you the question. And he has pretty much laid the groundwork, him and his team, just as you and Anita Lofton will in, uh, in, in San Diego. Great, great. Well, yeah, we do welcome uh, San Diego to our effort. Uh, I think that, uh, matter of fact, I haven't been personally to San Diego in some years now, uh, but we do encourage that, that spirit as a, uh, as you call him, Dr. Carter, I call him Michael, but <laughs> I, I can appreciate the, uh, and I understand the enthusiasm that you got from uh, Michael based on him coming to Chicago. And to a matter of fact, I have to even interject, Michael, we might have to get you to Chicago in May because May is going to be our third anniversary of Black Wall Street. That's right. So that means that we're going to have to make some plans. And, brother, in San Diego, we're not just talking about August. If you can uh, extend yourself to uh, May uh, to see how Black Wall Street Chicago operates, uh, you're definitely encouraged to be with us there. Um, can we uh, go to the, uh, the next caller, Sonia? And, uh, uh, brother from San Diego, you're welcome to stay on with us. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Let's go to the next person. Let's see if this this person they don't call a three one four. Did you have a question or comment for our guest? I'm just listening for now. I'll make a comment a little bit later. Okay. okay, we'll come back to we'll come back to you. Well, as we move forward with the uh, the even with the national agenda, and as each particular district around the country have its own. Uh, uh, focus that it got to move in its own where where it's at, even to the point that I was surprised that Chicago kind of moved as fast as we did, but then taking the, the, the template from Oakland that has been established since 1999. Is that correct, Michael? Uh, 98, 99, 90, yeah. Right, and where you are now, do... Uh, I, you know what I've known that you did say that there was some ups and downs and some valleys and hills. How do you assess that we can be able? What are you doing, Brother Michael? I hear you in the background. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get somebody uh, online. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is, is he over there working while he's Yeah, he did that last time. He was on the air too. He was doing some work yeah. twice. He I'm was doing he that. I'm still good old country now, ain't nothing changed. But the, the, leader, the, the leader of San Diego, Anita Lofton, uh, I wanted her, she's actually meeting with her Black Wall Street group and her chamber of commerce as we speak. And I okay. told her, I said, we're on the radio, and, and if they want to chime in, anybody in attendance, then do so. Um, but what was your question, Ron? So what... Where do you perceive that we have to be 
in a certain time frame as it relates to this national movement of Black Wall Street and as it relates to uh, the president's agenda. What can the Black Wall Street movement or the Black Wall Street USA actually achieve? And would there be some type of measurements that need to take place at the national summit that would be in uh, August of this year? Well, now we will take uh, each Black Wall Street district uh, on its own face where it is currently. Uh, uh, you know, for example, uh, Gary, Indiana, the last time I was in Gary, maybe nine years ago, and, and it, was, it was economically uh, challenged then as it is now. Uh, that even story worse. is a little, yeah, even worse. And, uh, but that story, that state of Gary is, is uh, a little different from San Diego, uh, a little different than Chicago and their three uh, Black Wall Street districts, a little different in Oakland. So each district will, you know, will, will deal with them individually. But on, on the whole, uh, the president, uh, President Barack Obama, if he would just use the same spirit that he used when he ran for president, I mean, this brother took up the largest offering that any black man in the Western Hemisphere ever took up, and it was because of a spirit. And, and I know people are going to get tired of me saying it, but you know what? I don't care because you get tired of what the, the Bible says, and that's why we don't live right half the time. But the reality is, is that it is the spirit. And we must exhibit that, uh, and and that it will be in fact the uh, the tool, the template that the president, I believe, will use to uh, uh, exercise his urban economic agenda. I don't see him being able to get around it. Why? Because one, our forefathers in Tulsa created an economic base, one without the technological advantages that we have. Uh, he used technology to raise all that money. So that's one example. And so the spirit will be, again, number one on the agenda. And I believe he has already exercised that spirit running for president, and I believe he will use that same spirit to uh, galvanize, to rally every city that has expressed interest in establishing a Black Wall Street district within it, irrespective of as to where they are economically. Um, I believe that, and so the goal here is, I believe that by the, by, I'd say the end of this decade, or 2020, we should have functioning 100 black Wall Street districts across this country. Now, as I mentioned to a banker earlier today with regard to getting funding for San Diego, uh, I mentioned that the Council General, Jeanette Ned Lovegood, I just uh, came back from South Africa celebrating with Nelson Mandela for the 20th anniversary of his release from Vesa Prison on Robben Island there at Cape, Coast, Cape, uh, Cape Town, Cape Coast. Uh, she expressed that she would love to have a black Wall Street district, hear me now, in Johannesburg and in Cape Town. So now if the spirit has reached way across the world, a 21-hour flight uh, to another country, then certainly that spirit is strong. So I don't see why the president, uh, how he could not use the spirit of the very people, the various teams, the various cities who are, are stepping in this direction as his template uh, for a economic uh, uh, urban agenda. Well, so as a footnote, right, for a footnote for that, there are 
uh, Reverend Al Sharpton met with uh, uh, the president along with two other, uh, I think the leader of the Chicago Urban League, and I believe with the leader of the uh, NWACP. And in that meeting, uh, upon Reverend Sharpton coming out on his radio program, he indicated reviewing the Black Wall Street um, uh, format and this template, in which he did indicate on WVON here in Chicago that he would be presenting that template of Black Wall Street to the president. Now, taking in consideration uh, when the president uh, first uh, press conference uh, upon him being elected, he indicated that there will be a, a a Wall Street to Main Street. And as he pulled that agenda, there's been a lot of frustrations based on the stimulus money. Uh, there's one state uh, senator that's been on the Chicago Black Business Network, uh, uh, State Senator Donnie Trotter, who passed the resolution in the Senate House for a Black Wall Street district in Chicago, uh, stated that um, he questioned the president's stimulus money. How or do we uh, focus in on the stimulus of package funds in developing the Black Wall Street districts? Do we or should we was that's pretty mute to the movement of the uh, Black Wall Street uh, USA. Again, I don't care how big the pot of money or how deep the pockets. They can give every uh, they can give the Black Wall Street National Organization a trillion dollars right now. If the spirit in each one of the cities that represents Black Wall Street USA is not right, it will be squandered. It will be misused. It will be basically uh, uh, just a slap in the face to those who bled and died to make it possible for you to hear my voice right now. So uh, the spirit of what we should do with any capital or any flow of funds coming our way, that spirit must be right. Here's, here's three things in that spirit we must look for. One, transparency. Everything must be done in open. And I love Chicago and the way you guys do the resolutions and passing resolutions. Out here has been pretty much Reverend Carter going, you know, wild, wild west. Two guys and my host are telling these folks this is what's going to happen. I don't care if you like it or not. I didn't go to college and come back here. I could have moved to the suburbs and said, to hell with you Negroes, but I did not. I remained in the spirit that says there has to be transparency. Two, there has to be a long-range plan. And out here in Oakland we have 5, 10, 15 20-year plans for the Black Wall Street District, irrespective of the general plan of the city. Three, we must have a team in place in each one of these cities uh, where we can train young people to pass the, the torch to them instead of trying to just hog it all ourselves. If we have those three things in place, um, it will not, the, the issue of the stimulus money going to the banks and the banks misusing it, not using it for to stimulate the economy, but they're using it to try to save themselves. Oh, there's been a whole lot of moving money around after the stimulus hit these various banks. It really didn't help the communities where those financial institutions are. So we know that. We got into this with dishonesty. They have continually tried to handle it dishonestly, and the result, I don't even have to say it, will end up being a dishonest uh, uh, 
effect. So those right. three things, those those three areas are key uh, to to the success of uh, of Black Wall Street U.S. Across the uh, nation, as we looked at uh, Chicago um, and uh, Atlanta, even Harlem, New York. Um, and uh, naturally, Gary, Indiana, I can't say for sure. I know that there's some issues of re, uh, uh, regenerification of Oakland. I'm not for sure about San Diego. But it seems as though the economics and the social problems across the nation as it relates to the black community is basically the same as uh, we look at even Washington, D.C., uh, from the crime in the streets to the lack of black businesses. Uh, Taking consideration the uh, the mass amount of uh, civic organizations, uh, there's one indication on our uh, uh, blog uh, chat line is that uh, Reverend L ain't going to do a damn thing. And is there... Is that a reflection of the present leadership that has been around so long that every city in Chicago, uh, I'm sorry, every city in the United States of black people really is a reflection in the mirror of each because all are basically in the same economic condition? Has that been a problem with black leadership, or is that a problem with uh, racism, if anyone would want to uh, address that? No, I'll take that real quick, real quick. Uh, uh, Again, I I can't keep emphasizing this more. Again, yes, black folk across the board pretty much are the same. I've gone all over this country and they treated me with respect and honor and just, you know, like family, if you will. But I've also seen the real side. It, it, until, we, until we address the way in which we deal with one another as a family, uh, we're going to still ex- experience, you know, we can holler racism all day long, but I've learned, my grandfather used to teach me, I used to just, every time some white person did something to me that was wrong, I'd say they racist. My grandfather said, son, you know, they may not be racist. They're just white and stupid, and they may treat anybody. They may treat white people that way. So if we would, if we would move, stop letting, allowing racism to eat at us, oh, there is racism. Don't get it twisted. It's, re- it's a reality. But we, our fathers didn't create, didn't create this road for us just based because there was racism. They had to grab hold to a spirit that said despite the racism, uh, and Tulsa was different because they had to do it because it was, uh, you know, segregation. But despite that, they were able to create a, a community of self-sufficiency. Had it lasted, Ron, Tulsa well, would be Well, here different. in Chicago, there was a community, uh, which where our office is at here in Chicago, it was called Bronzeville, and it mm-hmm. was self-sustaining, and it had a, an economy that did not depend on outside resources or welfare. And right. that this community, Bronzeville, uh, has become the same as Harlem in New York, where it was somewhat self-sustaining economically. But now as you go to uh, Harlem in New York, 
it has the identical problems of Chicago. So are you indicating that there is a loss of family spirit and unity among the black community that caused the, the mirror effect of social problems in each city across America when it comes to uh, the black communities? Well, I, what I'm saying is is that the, when you have the lack of, of the right spirit, and, and the right spirit will not allow uh, anyone to come in and, and, and destroy. Well, what happened to that spirit when, when we indicated before, even historically with uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, with uh, Harlem, New York, with Bronzeville in Chicago, I think the, I think the, I think the inter, in, integration has been, and, and when I say integration, I mean, I, you know, it's nothing wrong with integration, but it has allowed uh, our leaderships to be, for example, we don't have an urban league in Oakland anymore. We barely have an NAACP chapter. So uh, the, the, the affirmative active years, if you will, when, when I was a kid, a uh, black company get a contract with Caltrans, which has a $14 billion budget, 50,000 miles of road, 14,000 employees. Well, if you get a contract and you're a black co a company, Nine times out of ten, you're going to not only move that business out of the hood, you're going to move out of the hood. So that means right. you're not hiring anybody who lives there. You're not, you know, and so I'm not interested in those affirmatives. I mean, God bless you. If you got a contract, got yourself quoted through some land-grant uh, college that was established that way, that's fine. And God bless you, black man, black woman. But the reality is, is once you moved and left your diabetic mama and your, uh, your hood rat, uh, nieces and nephews in the hood, and they fight fending for themselves and selling crack and prostitution and all this other stuff, then that's, that's, that's the wrong spirit. Right. So we must well, we turn have, that uh, around. We have another caller on the line. Uh, caller, are you there, uh, Sonia? We're, uh, we okay. have another caller. Yes, we do, Mr. Carter. You listen okay. to Black Wall Street USA with our host, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago, Ron Carter. Caller from area code 619, you're on the air. Could you tell us uh, your name and your com and give us your comment? Um, hi. Are you woke? How you doing? I'm sorry hi, for the wait. Welcome, welcome, to Black, uh, welcome to Black Wall Street USA. Go ahead, ma'am. Okay, hi. My name's Anita Lofton, and um, I have my team here from the um, – Black Chamber with the Central San Diego Black Chamber of Commerce. And okay. We, How are you doing, ma'am? Good. How are you? How are oh, you? Okay. Good, good. We are very, very interested in um, establishing a Black Wall Street here in San Diego. As a matter of fact, um, Michael Carter, Pastor Carter, was here last Sunday, last Saturday night, and we had a presentation. And wow, we've just gotten so much. Um, attention from that presentation from um, the councilman to the city of, of San Diego planning mm -hmm. um, department. So we are very interested in, in, in the Black Wall Street movement. Someone asked um, earlier when I was listening to the call, is did we think it was racist? And um, Michael answered the question, and that is, uh, is Chinatown racist? <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. they have one, right? So... I mean, I don't think so. I, I think that um, by establishing a Black Wall Street in San Diego shows uh, how much pride and dignity that we have in in, in ourselves. So, um, this is an amazing young woman, y'all. I mean, she she has pulled those folks together in San Diego. They're on fire. I mean, I, I I tell you, I was so humbled by her presence, 
and how she was able to pull together all the egos and professionals and people of different backgrounds. And mm-hmm. so you, Ron, you got you, you got a powerful young lady here, and she is the, the chairwoman of Black Wall Street District San Diego. Okay, very good, very good. And uh, pardon me for being who I am, but I am a newspaper man at the same time as being the chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. And then that, what is the, I don't know if you, pardon? I don't know go easy on Go, yeah. I don't know if you heard the question earlier, but the reflections of the, the United States when it comes to the black community seems to be identical at the same level of the education problems, the crime problems, and the lack of businesses. What contribute, or how do you see San Diego as it is a reflection of other cities uh, where there's a population of the black community? Where do you see San Diego, and what has happened, or is that the case in San Diego? Um, Good evening. My name is Dr. Tana Stark, and um, I'm from San Diego State University, director of intercultural relations and a part of this team. Okay, and, welcome. Thank you. You know we've had some recent uh, racist acts that has been occurring at our campuses in this area, and our young black men and women, our leaders, our future, are standing up to inequality and demanding their equal share of what belongs to them, which is the right to, hire, to have higher education, businesses, and the like. And I think young men, the young men spoke about the spirit. I think that our young people have that spirit, that spark is coming back. I think that they need continued support from individuals like us to continue to develop that spark, that fire, so that they can lead, be our future leaders. We need to look at this old regime. Maybe we need to retire that old regime. But our new regime is here before us now in San Diego, and they want to be a part of this struggle and this fight. Well, very good, very good. I think that um, what we probably have to do here in Chicago is to really uh, uh, use some templates of what you're doing in San Diego as far as the youth is concerned. Uh, Black Wall Street Chicago had our, we have summits every three months, and as we have summits every three months, every summit, uh, uh, other than this last one, we have an issue with bringing the youth involved in the economic uh, development, uh, taking into consideration, and I'm not for sure if this exists with uh, San Diego or Oakland, I think, yes, it does in Oakland, that uh, the city of Chicago has already developed its plan for the year 2040. And in, 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 in disregarding what the city plans are, do you see the, the youth in San Diego being able to be aware of what their prospective plans for San Diego and how are the youth there engaging to be uh, counteractive or proactive to what the city plans are for San Diego, and even that can relate to any other uh, cities that's online with us tonight as well. 
Um, I want to comment on that. Um, some of the youth, we put together our, an annual diversity conference where we have a variety of issues that are presented at this conference. You ask the question, how might our youth get involved in some of the uh, issues that are confronting them here in this city? Well, having representation and maybe presentation from the Black Wall Street uh, would be a workshop or a seminar that our young people can begin to understand what's going on economically in our city. And they can become ambassadors uh, for the city as we move forth. But they need the information, and they're eager to receive it. And, and, and Michael, you, you keep talking about, you know, the spirit, the uh -huh. spirit, and that spirit is what we need to instill into our, our young people here. And, I, I you know, it's by, maybe it's by design and it's happening right at the right time, but this issue that's happening with UCSD is totally changing the way they think, and it gives us the opportunity to be in front of them and maybe get their ear. So Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, here in Chicago, if I can, uh, another uh, matter is that Chicago now, we have identified uh, three black Wall Street districts, and we have also identified uh, a sister city of Gary, Indiana, as being a black Wall Street district. Uh, a lot of times there is the question of black Wall Street invading territory or taking over, uh, how do you all address that uh, th that that sense that some organizations or established organizations or territorial organizations may have, or has that been the case in your uh, perspective uh, cities? Well, now let me just chime in on that one. Um, <laughs> you know, if it's, if it's void, if the valley is filled with dry bones, it's not taking over. And what's happening here is that God is using people, just as he did with Ezekiel. He sat them down in the middle of the valley and said, now, can, I, can these bones live? He knew that Ezekiel didn't have the answer for that. But the reality is, is that when you go at it with the right spirit, I can care less who gets offended and who don't care. This is not about them. We are doing this for people that we will never meet. That's right. And in that spirit, I can care less who gets upset. I can care less who's, uh, uh, you know, who rubs the, uh, who's being rubbed the wrong way. This is about the future. This is about laying a groundwork, uh -huh. a framework. So just as the sister just mentioned about those students, this is the right time to put before them this spirit. And if those young people see this spirit in people, one, who are transparent, two, who are genuine, three, who's not going to lie to them to expedite some strategy or legislation or their own personal program, I could care less how they feel. If it's a void, if there's a valley filled with dry bones, then that means somebody's not doing something. It's dormant. It's dead. We're here as in the spirit of Black Wall Street to bring that valley of dry bones back to life. And God has given us two things to do, prophesy to the bones and yeah. preach to the wind. That's what we're here to do. <laughs> we're here to do that. And, and because if dad, I want, now don't get me started, don't take long for me to get, take fight on this. <laughs> until, we, until we see it that way. And again, we can be thrown trillions of dollars. It's out there. Uh -huh. But if we're not in the right spirit, to receive it, it's, it's just it's, it's exercise in futility. 
So that's that's my my answer to that. Okay, uh, San Diego, how do you uh, uh, feel about the uh, that concept of uh, this Black Wall Street maybe invading in on territory? Uh, hi, this is Dr. Gwen. Uh, you know, I concur with the pastor. I think this pastor, right? Um, you know, it, it is it's all about the spirit. And, you know, I think that sometimes we need to bridge a gap with our young people. Sometimes it's like the pastor said, if we do not move out those dry bones, then the spirit is going to go dormant. But with us that have this type of spirit, this spirit can be passed down to the young people. As long as we show that spirit always, they it will be like a chain reaction for them because we're that example to them. And I think, you know, a lot of it is even out, outreaching out to them, the public outreach uh, to them where they could really grasp a hold of what the Black Wall Street is doing. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. Well, we have, uh, again, our – we definitely here in Chicago has had a uh, concern – uh, matter of fact, at our next summit that we're going to be having in May, we're looking at having that summit at a university here in Chicago so that uh, as our efforts to try to engage the youth in the Black Wall Street um, uh, spirit, we want to bring that summit to the university and or the Chicago State University here in Chicago, which is a black university. Uh, to uh, have that spirit do rub off on them. Uh, and let me ask you this. Uh, this here is college-bound or high school or um, after college uh, youth that you're speaking about? What age are you speaking about that are taking part in this here in San Diego? Hi, this is Dr. Stark again. Um, these are our college students and um I know my department would be interested in speaking with you more about hosting a Black Wall Street at San Diego State. Uh, mm-hmm. in the future. Uh, but these are our college students, our undergraduate and graduate, so you're speaking about 18 to 23 years old, which is a very wonderful age of action, of impression, and of commitment. Mm-hmm. So are you all actually uh, bringing the... Black Wall Street uh, agenda to them, or are they uh, picking up a sense of what they need to do on their own, or is it a combination? Our, our, hi, Anita. Um, our objective is to bring the Wall, Black Wall Street to them. Um, we want to share it with hopefully all of the university and colleges, if not. If we can't get into the universities, it would be nice, yeah, if we do a town hall meeting or some public meeting where anybody and everybody can come. Um, We had a meeting just for, it was a public meeting last Saturday, and that's just the beginning of what we were starting to do. Um, And and just with that one meeting, it it just spread like like wildflowers. So I think um, the more we talk about it, the more we will be able to penetrate the community and get this whole spirit started, burning. Now, now, let let, let me just real quick interject this. I I don't want anybody to take from what my words, and I'm not backing up. You never do, but go ahead. (laughs) Huh? You never do, but go ahead. 
<laughs> stepping on toes and and and, and offending uh, in the again, if uh, Black Wall Street is established in a community where there are existing chambers that are actually doing something and are in the right spirit, then they will never have a problem with this spirit of Black Wall Street. Now, I want to make it clear, uh, Jan Lanzi, Reverend Jan Lanzi there in Peoria, she's just not the membership chairman for Black Wall Street Chicago. She's also the chairman, chairwoman for Black Wall Street District Peoria. It, it already exists. Right. Uh, 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 and I heard Sister Lofton, uh, you're already the Black Wall Street District right. there. You already exist. Why? Because the spirit is there. Now, understand something. You can't legislate a spirit. And so with that said, it, it, it already pretty much exists across this country. Wherever there's a body, a family of, of African Americans, or irregardless to your race, Hispanics mm -hmm. here in Oakland respect Black Wall Street more so than some African Americans. Why? Right. Because they understand the historical significance. So understand, I, I, you know, we're not steamrolling through America. That's not our, our, our thing here. The spirit never has to steamroll. The spirit well, is the spirit. And well, we are uh, getting ready to close this uh, program out. We were to have some other members of Black Wall Street Chicago to give a review. Uh, Jan, are you still there? Jan? Okay, Jan seems as though Jan kind of uh, left. No, but, I'm here. It's oh. just that I have muted. I'm here. I apologize. <laughs> Okay, well, we're getting ready to close out our program. We do welcome the callers, and uh, congratulations to the uh, uh, our brothers and sisters in San Diego uh, establishing a Black Wall Street district there. Uh, uh, Jan, can you give a recap for us on what happened to the Black Wall Street Chicago Summit as we get ready to close the show out? Yes, I would love to. Uh, the summit on Saturday was, uh, in my eyes, was phenomenal. Uh, it was uh, educational, informative, uh, especially when we were able to have open dialogue. Uh, one thing that I've learned about black people, we are very, very intelligent and very unique in our own way. And what I learned was there was a lot of individuals that were knew a lot about politics. They knew, understood uh, everything. And there were some very, very uh, tough questions that were asked. And, and with all of that, the open dialogue was great. Um, the businesses being able to vend there and show off their products and their services and each person to be able to, uh, when we did roll call, to be able to stand up. And we were made aware of what we had in the community as far as businesses. It was just really, uh, as, as Dr. Uh, Carter says, the spirit was there. Uh, and when the spirit is there, that's, that's, that's all we need. And I yes. appreciate the, the Black Wall Street Chicago and National. In San Diego, I look forward to uh, meeting you ladies. You're doing a great work. And uh, one thing that I want to touch on real quick is that when other organizations aren't moving, then those dry bones need to get up and live because yeah. our ch it's our children, it's, it's yeah. our future that need direction, and we just can't sit and twiddle our thumbs and let them go out there any kind of way. We have to prepare them. So my sisters out there in San Diego, I applaud you. 
get to the universities. I'm working on the same thing here in Peoria, and I will look forward to also not just the high the community, I mean not just the colleges, we've got to get into the high schools as well as the grade schools because we have young entrepreneurs. we got babies. I know of a little girl eight years old that has written a book. So we, yeah. we've got to spread the word. We've got to move quickly. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, you, uh, we we are going to be moving toward our national summit and on August the 20th here in Chicago. And as we do so, we definitely would like to have that representation uh, from all over the, uh, the United States and definitely extending the San Diego because it seems as though, uh, Brother Carter, you have uh, laid some great spirit uh, to help San Diego to move as swiftly as they're doing. And also with uh, Peoria, as uh, Jan is uh, moving forward there, along with the Sandy, uh, I'm sorry, with the uh, 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 Detroit, with Detroit, yes. Michigan, and the uh, yes. and, and the spirit that you put and in San Diego. I mean, I'm, I'm San Diego, Detroit. What the heck? I, I know we're gonna have to have a dog go summit the now to pull all these <laughs> to put these here together. So uh, again, I want to welcome you all and invite you all back to uh, Black Wall Street uh, USA speaks next. Uh, next uh, Thursday at uh, 7 p.m., and where we will have another dialogue on what we're doing, each prospective city, and also w- regarding the issues that uh, face us as well. Uh, Sonia? Thank you, Mr. Ron Carter. You know, I can't stop, Mr. Carter. Every Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Carter, he, he wants this to be like a three or four hour show. It's it's two hours, people. He go he, he just gets right into this, and that's all good. Jan Lindsay, thank you once again for being us with us, Michael Carter. Michael Carter, I I looked at the uh, new site, Black Wall Street District dot com, and it looks very good, very good. Yes, thank you, uh, thank you, from, thank you. From San Diego, I want to thank the callers, and I do want uh, their contact information uh, because we do want to engage and uh, get in contact with them again. I'll email that over to you, uh, Sister Sonia, and I just want to say real quick, and I'll get off that, again, we're, we're doing this so that babies who are born in any community where there's a black Wall Street, they have the opportunity to walk from one end of that district to the other and get everything that they need in life. We owe that to our ancestors, people we never met. We owe that to people that we'll never meet. Create a community where a baby can grow up and get everything that it needs. Thank you so much. You're listening to Black Wall Street USA with your host, Mr. Ron Carter, Chairman of Black Wall Street Chicago. I'm Sonia Perdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network.com. We invite you to come over to CBBN and join us and touch the world. We want to thank each and every one of you for being here this evening. Listen to us on Tuesday and Thursdays right here on CBBN on Blog Talk Radio. Have a wonderful evening, everyone. We look Good be blessed all. and we look forward we look forward to talking to you next week. <laughs>